Hello, and welcome to Afternoonified. The podcast that's haunted by the ghost of Abraham Lincoln. I'm Emily. And I'm Sarah. Don't, don't look behind you. Oh, oh God, is he back? You know, you'd think this podcast would be haunted by Will, uh, Billy Howie Tafters. I I wanted to put Billy Howie Tafters because he is much more relevant to the podcast as a whole. But there are so many cameos by Abraham Lincoln in this episode that... Well, he's more popular. He is, generally we, speaking. We have a, just a terrible precedent as our mascot. <laughs> what did he even do besides anything? Um... Yeah. You know he didn't get stuck in a bathtub. No, not entirely. <laughs> he did overflow a tub. <laughs> I still would like us to make stickers that say Taft's the way I like it. But that that's on you, Emily. I'll work on it. Um, oh boy. I, un- I guess unrelated to anything we're we're talking about. <laughs> I hope. Maybe. We're talking about what? What are we talking about? We're talking about spirit photography. Didn't you read the title of the episode? I mean, yes, but you have the wheel. Oh, right. I have to drive this one. You are driving the ship. Okay. Let's start with sources. So, Wikipedia, Natch, uh, History.com, the BBC, a blog called Hyperallergic, Mental Floss, and uh, for one of these, a, a lovely website called ghoststory.co.uk. Man, I love it when we have to pull from, like, you know, big fancy monsters dot, you know, org or some nonsense. Sometimes you just need, like, a particular thing, and you can't get it anywhere else other than ghoststory.co.uk. Some of the best questionable lore comes from websites that don't have an understanding of, like, background tables and (laughs) appropriate um, tiled background images. I will say this, ghoststory.co.uk uh, does look uh, much nicer than you would expect, but it doesn't <laughs> seem to have a title besides ghoststory.co.uk. <laughs> like, there's Why no bother? overarching You've got name. the perfect title there. What a great website. 10 out of 10 would recommend. So, okay. uh, spirit photography, you say? Yes, spirit photography. Uh, so, you know, pictures of ghosts. I've, I've seen a couple of those. Yeah, we're, we'll, we'll talk about some of the more famous ones here in a bit. But uh, first, we're going to talk about some of the history, because that's what we do here. We talk about history. Actually, you have to start with Webster's Dictionary defines spirit photography <laughs> Webster's as. Webster's Dictionary defines spirit photography as bullshit. Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> I promise I'm not going to go too heavy on the debunking in this episode. There's a little, there's, uh, there's a lot of debunking, but not like, this isn't going to be the ghost science episode. I should have watched A Haunting in Connecticut more recently in preparation for this. So, the first person to snap a photo of a ghost was a man named William Mumler. Mumler? Uh, Mumler. And he was a silver engraver and amateur chemist who lived during Boston during lived in Boston during the mid-19th century. There is no scarier self-identifier than amateur chemist. <laughs> amateur. Defi- definitely sounds like you're the Unabomber. He was the Unabomber of mid-century Boston. Not really. <laughs> so he had picked up photography both as a hobby and as a bit of a side hustle. So he'd like, he set up a little studio, he'd charge people a dollar, he'd take their portrait. And it was, 
This was very, very early on in like photography as a technology. So it was still very much a novelty and like people having pictures of themselves was not common. So one day while he was alone in his studio, he was taking like self portraits for practice. Um, one of his photographs came out different. So alongside Mumler, there appeared to be this figure of a girl who, in Mumler's words, was, quote, made of light. Uh, okay. Interesting. Uh, so Criminal recently did an episode on Mumler uh, for reasons that will soon become clear. Uh, <laughs> it was really good. Go listen to it. But the way they tell it, like Mumler at first, he kind of just sort of figured he'd fucked it up. Like, he wasn't, he wasn't a professional photographer. This was kind of just a cool thing he did on the side. And so, like, he figured, oh, I'm, I must have messed it up somehow. So, yeah, like I said, photograph photography was still really new. Mumler was an amateur. It is conceivable that he had, like, reused a slide or something to that effect without realizing it. Do you happen to have any information on how photographs were taken uh, back in that, that day? In the day? I, I have no idea. I did not look into that. But it was also, this is the time where, like, you put yourself in front of the camera and had to sit very still for a long time. Well, yeah, because basically, and this is just what I remember from photography classes, is that um, you'd have the the big box with mm-hmm. the, was the camera with a little pinhole in the front. And then in the back, you would slide a silver plate that was covered with... Or a tin plate, like a metal plate that was covered with a special liquid that like reacted to light. And I don't know if they had flash, like I don't know if flash photography was a thing, but just from what I remember is that they'd open the little pinhole and the light reflecting off of you or the the subject would like go through the pinhole and shine on the uh the plate, causing it to react and like form the image. Um, oh, so like the light reflected back. Yeah. See, I am someone who still kind of considers photography a little bit magic. I have no idea how it works. Um, but and that makes sense. Yeah, because the, the flash was providing light to bounce off of, of you and back mm-hmm. at the camera. Because the flash was behind the camera. So it would, like, hit you and then bounce back and go through the little hole and uh, shine on the, the thing. That's why you had to sit so still is because it took a while for that to uh, to process. Right. That was very informative. That's more informative than anything else in this episode. So thank you. (laughs) That's because photography is real and ghosts aren't. (laughs) No, I take that back. I take that back, ghost of my apartment. Uh, So it was only after Mumler had shown this photo to one of his spiritualist friends that he actually came to believe he had captured the image of a ghost. Because this is like the height of uh, spiritualism. Yeah, this is right right at the beginning. Um, So yeah, either he thought he had captured a ghost or he came to believe that this was something he could possibly make a little money off of it's the equivalent of like harry potter doing like his tea leaf reading and ron is like i don't know it looks like a fucking pile of tea leaves and then trelawney comes up she's like it's the grim it all depends on who you ask (laughs) so Mumler's photograph got attention from both the spiritualist and mainstream press us and he soon began promoting himself not only as a photographer but as a medium very good as as you do when that's all the rage uh not in not coincidentally the price for one of his portraits shot up from one dollar to ten which i couldn't get the inflation calculator to work all the way back to 1860 but a lot i'm assuming i'm assuming that was fairly pricey that you know it's got to be like eight hundred (laughs) dollars pull a number out of thin air you're probably pretty close 
So it is important to note that Mumler was taking his spirit photographs during the height of the Civil War. So death was frequent and often very distant. Like many of the men who went off, like died alone and far from home. In for like in a culture where death most of the time happened in the home, like I feel like this is very tough for people to process that you weren't there when your loved one had died. You know? Yeah. I. Yeah, and their bodies often didn't make it. Right. Because, I mean, that's a that's a long way. It's a and long we, way for a body to travel. We didn't so have refrigeration. You kind of just get buried in an unmarked grave somewhere sometimes. Just for reference, in 1913, $10 had the buying power of $265. So, at least that much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so there, of course, this leaves all the loved, all the loved ones left behind are desperate for one last connection with the people who have died. And that's also a very big part of why the spiritualism movement was so popular during this time. Like, those two things are not exclusive, I guess. Yeah, death became much more... I mean, it always has been because medicine sucked back then, but at Mm -hmm. least there was that sense of closure. It's like, oh, Martha got the rickets, and, like, you witnessed her slow decline. And it's not like, oh, Jebediah took a bullet in the head during the Civil War. We're never going to see him again. No, he literally walked away from your home one day and just never came back. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you didn't even know that they died. Yeah. Or it would take months and you would just find out or you'd get letters for a little while and then another letter would come. And yeah. One day you just stopped getting letters from Jebediah. <laughs> Probably wasn't a fun time to be alive. The Civil War? No, I, I don't imagine it was. <laughs> uh, so some would come to Mumler's studio looking to make a connection with one spirit in particular. Um, sometimes they would volunteer this information to Mumler, which... Hmm. Uh, Mumler, however, gave no guarantee that a ghostly specter would appear during any given session. Um, like, as he told his customers, the spirits will come and go as they please. That's a good out. <laughs> so, it, yeah, in another good out. Like, if a spirit appears in a photograph and it's not the one the customer expected, Mumler is happy, more than happy, to help them search their memory. You know, find another deceased acquaintance who might have been trying to reach out to them from beyond the veil. Or maybe they just got a late invitation and that's actually his 2.30 showing up at 5.30. A little scheduling mishap. Like, I don't know what ghosts do in the time that they're not being visible. Like, do they just, like, walk around? I don't know. Hang out. You know. Float. Yeah, I mean, my only frame of reference for that really is the movie High Spirits, where Daryl Hannah just kind of, like, prayed to not be married to Liam Neeson anymore and, like, hung out with Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> the documentary High Spirits. Uh, yes. <laughs> Greatest movie about Steve <laughs> Gutenberg falling in love with a ghost ever made? Yes. Uh, the History.com article I read on this, it pointed out that photography was so new that, like, it wasn't people had that... It wasn't like people had other photographs of their loved ones to compare mumblers to. Yeah, they just had to remember. Yeah, you kind of just had to think. Oh, I mean, yeah, that kind of looks like Granny Smith. I don't know. So, <laughs> the apple I- that we lost last <laughs> summer. You know my grandma that invented that apple? <laughs> uh, yeah, and as we learned from the ghost episode, if you want to believe something badly enough, the power of suggestion can be very convincing. So, like, if you see a fuzzy picture of an old lady, you'll think, like, I mean, she kind of looks like my grandmother. That must be my grandmother. Who else would it be but that's coming the thing. to like, visit me? I have, like, a very good memory for faces but not names. So I'll just be watching something and be like, I know them from somewhere. And if I had someone that I trusted, be like, oh, yeah, that's your Uncle Ted. Be like, oh, yeah, that is my Uncle Ted. Oh, sure. Why wouldn't it be? 
no reason to believe otherwise. You know, Uncle Ted, who just did a bunch of character work for a bunch of network TV shows in the 1990s. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And he was briefly in CSI for a minute, and I pinged on that. Yeah. (laughs) Uncle Ted. Uh, So while the general public may have been largely naive to the inner workings of photography, there were plenty of others more familiar with the technology that were immediately skeptical of what Mumbler was doing. The experts were skeptical, Sarah? (laughs) Surprise, surprise. The people who knew how it worked were skeptical? So the art of manipulating a photograph was already a thing. Like, people were already experimenting with things like double exposure and superimposed negatives, and both of those were floated as theories. Um, it was clear that Mumbler was up to something. So one of the t- during one of these sessions, he conjured up a spirit fo- photograph for a woman who had recently lost her brother in the Civil War. And then a couple weeks later, the brother returned home alive. <laughs> Which is uh, good timing. I don't know if it was a couple of weeks. It, at some point, he showed up again. Oh, man. She must have freaked out. <laughs> Actually, this is the thing. Like, she was unable to be convinced that the photograph was a fraud. Like, she didn't immediately jump to, this is fake. She instead decided, oh, it was an evil spirit trying to, like, trick me. Of course. Yes. Yes. Because obviously, this is the more logical option. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, you see it in cults and, and stuff. Like... When people believe something and, like, put effort and, like, money and time and, like, defend something, which I'm sure she did, uh, it is very, very hard to admit that you're wrong. Yes. I, yeah, really in almost anything, it's hard for people to admit that they're wrong and you tend to get defensive when people accuse you of such. Exactly. And so you will make up insane, ridiculous things so you don't have to admit that you're wrong. Exactly. Uh, and another occasion, a visitor to the studio recognized a spirit in one of Mumler's photographs uh, as his wife, who was very much alive <laughs> and, by some coincidence, had recently had her portrait taken by Mumler. Huh. Weird. Funny how that happens. I'll I, let I, you connect the dots on that one. It's a straight line. Others went so far as to accuse Mumler of breaking into clients' houses to steal photographs of their deceased relatives. I don't know how successful this would have been, because, again, you would need to have a photograph of someone, but... Yeah, that seems... I mean, maybe. Maybe he did it once or twice, but that doesn't seem like something you do regularly. I I get the impression more... I think they might have mentioned this in the criminal episode as well, but he probably had a pretty good stock of, like, ghostly images... And as the people come in, if they're talking about like, oh, I'd really just, I would love to see my dead wife again. You find, you talk, you get them to start talking about their dead wife and you find a slide or something that looks like that can help you then create an image of a ghostly woman. Like he had a stock photo library. Essentially. Yeah. And of course, like all these people coming into his studio, like he would have the opportunity to take those photos. Yeah. Yeah. With the heat on in Boston, Mumler later moved to New York only to be arrested for fraud in 1869. Yeah, they don't put up with that shit in New York. <laughs> Hell no. Uh, so our old friend P.T. Barnum, fun oh, cameo, uh, who had built himself as a certified expert on suckers, <laughs> he testified for the prosecution claiming that Mumler was only preying upon those already uh, drowned by grief. P.T. Barnum, you... <sighs> I I do find it ironic. <laughs> Like, he's basically just openly admitting to, like, yes, I am an expert on cheating people out of their money because it's what I do for a living. And the way this man is cheating them out but of their money. But this guy is going too far because it's 
morning. I don't know. Jesus Christ. So one of the most damning pieces of evidence against Mumler was this photograph. Barnum had, um, he deliberately faked it, uh, but it depicted himself with the ghost of Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> just to like, just to show like, e- this is an easy thing to fake. And I know it's fake because I literally paid someone to fake it for me. However, did they have the ghost of Abraham Lincoln testify at the trial? Because I feel like he would have provided some great insight. They did not have him testify, and I feel like that was a really uh, just poor decision on the behalf of the defense. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that's wasted potential. you got to bring in the ghost of Abraham Lincoln. Otherwise, what are you doing? Losing. (laughs) But all, I mean, all this proved is that a spirit photography or a spirit photograph could be faked. Like, the prosecution actually didn't have any direct evidence of exactly what Mumler did to produce his photographs. Uh, He had never been caught in the act of actually doing it. Um. There's a story where, like, a veteran photographer called J.W. Black, he captured the first aerial photographs of Boston. Mm-hmm. He went into the studio to observe Mummer's process, and he came away with, like, a photo of his dead father. And he was completely stumped as to how Mumler, like, Mumler had him, like, clean the plates. Mumler, like, had him super active in, like, the whole thing. And he got a ghost photo, and he couldn't, he could not figure out how Mumler had done it. I mean, I will admit that's weird. Yeah. And, I mean... It was definitely still faked, but <laughs> I mean, obviously it was just like there was nothing immediate within that. But I don't know. I mean, it's like I know how to how to cook a pretty good soup. But like if I have a good soup and they walk me through their process, I might still not understand how they made it. Yeah. taste So that was a weird just a soup generalized soup, specific soup. But ultimately, Mumler was acquitted of all charges, and that was essentially the reason why. Not, not, not necessarily that people bought into the ghost photograph thing, but just that they didn't have the evidence to show how he had done it, and thus reasonable doubt. I don't know. I, I mean, that seems like a thing, a weird thing to like litigate, but they also didn't have as much stuff to do back in the day. They did not have much to do, and I mean, he was like earning money off of it. I think if it was just like him doing it for fun, but like he was... He was advertising himself as something and charging people money for it. And thus, if he is not, yeah, that's yeah, where the but like, comes in. By that logic, like, shit they saw on infomercials would be constantly. I mean, this is true. And like those skinny teas and stuff from Instagram that just make you like shit yourself for days. <laughs> just don't buy teas off Instagram. No, don't buy anything that's supposed to make <laughs> you skinnier. Jesus Christ. No. It's just diuretics. <laughs> Uh, so after the trial, Mumler returned to Boston. He kept his head down, turned his focus back to chemistry a bit. Uh, and he would later go on to invent a new technique called the Mumler process that was not related to ghosts at all. It just allowed photographs to be printed on newsprint. Wasn't the Mumler process an industrial rock band from the late 80s? Probably. Probably like one of those one-hit wonders that has, has one song you never hear from them again. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so in 1870, this was post-trial. He welcomed Mary Todd Lincoln into his studio. Oh, my God. Uh, and he actually snapped the last photograph ever taken from taken. Oh, an alive Mary Todd Lincoln. He didn't. Pr- okay, oh. never mind. <laughs> no, she was still alive. She was still alive. Yep. Uh, it shows the presidential widow seated, dressed in all black, um, while behind her, the pale form of Lincoln uh, stands with his hands on her shoulders. And I'm actually. Where are gonna... they getting all these pictures of Abraham Lincoln? <laughs> he was photographed a couple of times. He was president. Keep an eye on your text thread, because you're going to get a lot of pictures today. Oh, good. That's Mary Todd Lincoln? Yep. I mean, I mean, she was kind of an old Mary Todd Lincoln, but... Sorry, the way the it looks like 
Abraham Lincoln is naked. A little bit, yeah. There no apparent clothes on buff Abraham Lincoln. Right, this is great for an audio medium. (laughs) (laughs) We will post all of these to Instagram. So if you haven't gone to our Instagram yet, this is this is your sign. Uh, So yeah, this Lincoln photograph almost definitely fake. Um, It's believed Mumler likely achieved his photographs by inserting a previously prepared glass plate, like with the image of the ghost in front of the slide he used to capture his photographs. So basic double exposure kind of stuff. Uh, they are pretty spooky, though. Like, you can go online and Google these and, like, oh, no, even definitely. if you know what they are, they look creepy. Definitely. And, like, now that you say it, like, yeah, it would be pretty easy to, if you have, like, a specially made camera, like, if you do a little work on it, to mm-hmm. get a plate with the picture of Lincoln, like, maybe etched in gray on a glass plate in front of it. So it would block out some of the light, which would give you that. The thing that is blowing my mind a little bit is the placement of his hands yeah that is pretty spooky don't know how that works <laughs> magic it's a ghost mm. for real yeah it's definitely abraham lincoln's ghost like he doesn't have anything better to do in the afterlife nope not a thing uh so while mumbler may have been the first photographer to claim a talent for capturing images of the spirit world he certainly was not the last Obviously. Clearly. Uh, Another prominent spirit photographer was William Hope, and he was an English carpenter who produced his first ghost image in 1905. So, like Mumler, Hope was also operating in a time of intense loss and grief. In this case, like, World War I was when he became kind of particularly prominent. Yeah. He was repeatedly exposed as a fraud. There are, like, four debunkings about him in his Wikipedia article. His photograph showed obvious signs of double exposure, um, as was the case in a portrait he took of British chemist William Crooks. Everybody in this episode is named William. Well, yeah, there were six (laughs) names back in the day. Uh, But Hope had captured him on film with the ghostly form of his late wife. Um, And as skeptics had pointed out, the image of Lady Crooks in the photograph had clearly been copied from a wedding anniversary photograph. Um, But... Crooks himself was a devout spiritualist and remained unconvinced that it was fraud. Yeah, Again. that sounds about right for devout spiritualists. Uh, most famously, Hope's photographs were debunked by Harry Price of the Society for Cyclical Research, which I will do an episode on someday. If I remember, like, he's usually correct, but he is history's biggest paranormal wet blanket. <laughs> mm, sometimes. He can be a wet blanket. You just gotta let people believe. Uh, So as part of his investigation, essentially, he had supplied Hope with photographic plates that he had secretly marked with, like, little X's. Oh. And the resulting photographs Hope developed failed to contain these marks, and they also didn't contain the watermark of the company that had produced the plates, through which Price was able to prove Hope had, like, switched them out with his own supplies. So... Always bring your own film when you're getting portraits done is the lesson there. Uh, One of Hope's biggest critics was Harry Houdini, (laughs) uh, who had a whole side gig exposing fraud within the spiritualist community. He's going to be a fun episode someday. Yeah. Uh, He, like P.T. Barnum before him, produced his own fake Lincoln spirit photograph in the attempt to debunk Hope and other other photographers like him. Why is it always Lincoln? It is always Abraham Lincoln. I guess he's one of the most identifiable people in that day who also probably had the most pictures taken, if that makes sense. I think that but- probably has a lot to do with it. He's very distinct. You would know him on site, and there are actually photographs available of him. I mean, that just looks like Lincoln doesn't want to be there. <laughs> Is Lincoln bored out of his mind? He's checking his nails. Meanwhile, this Yahoo is like trying to show him a book. 
Lincoln doesn't give a shit. Look at the book. And plus there's a chair. Oh no, that chair might be like on set, but it looks like Lincoln is sitting in a chair that also wasn't there. And as far as I know, you can't take it with you. So Lincoln probably (laughs) didn't have a chair. Ghost chair. Boy, that's a dumb joke. Okay. It is, but you made it. So uh, Houdini's photograph put him at odds with his friend. This is like the who's who of (laughs) Afternoon of Fine. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Oh, uh, man. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was kind of a uh, gullible. Yeah, I was going to say, as we previously established in the hoaxes episode, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle would believe literally anything. Anything, anything which is insane <laughs> for a man who made his living off of, like, a detective whose main thing was, like, deductive, rational reasoning. He got tricked by teenage girls. <sighs> Granted, sweet, teenage sweet girls... Angel. <laughs> Are, are a little bit psychopaths, but... I mean, a teenage girl was responsible for the Salem witch trials, so let's not underestimate the power of a no, bored teenage Let's never girl. Under, un- underestimate teenage girls, but wow. Uh, so Doyle was Hope's, one of Hope's biggest supporters, and he even penned like a whole book in their defense. Oh, God. Uh, so his disagreement with Houdini over spirit photography basically ended their friendship. This reminds me so much of... Um, C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien. J.R.R. Tolkien? Yeah. Two R's. Yeah. Like J.R.R. Martin. Yeah, that's what I was saying. And like, did I mix them up? But um, I believe Tolkien converted C.S. Lewis or the other way around to Catholicism and then got mad when he wasn't practicing the same kind of Catholicism and it ended their friendship. Yeah, this sounds like a C.S. Lewis thing. Yeah, C.S. Lewis was an asshole. <laughs> So was Tolkien. Like, if I'm being honest, they were both white dudes, like, white Catholic dudes from the early 1900s. Like, they were both assholes. They were problematic, to say the least. Everybody was. But damn, I love that lion. (laughs) (laughs) So, despite the exposure of frauds like Mumbler and Hope, photographers continued to capture images of alleged spirits on camera. So, now we're we're just going to pivot and we're going to talk about some cool ghost photos, which is a great subject for an audio medium. But, again, Instagram. (laughs) Or just Google. You can Google. Yeah, I know you're not working. Google it. <laughs> so the first and one of the earliest photographs um, was a 1981 photo taken by Sybil Corbett of the ghost of Lord Combermere. The name Sybil, like if you have that name, you are legally required to own a bunch of scarves and flowy dresses and believe in ghosts. You have to be a little bit spooky if you're. I don't make Sybil. the rules. I just realized that I uh, described Emma Thompson in Harry Potter, so there <laughs> I mean, you go. pretty much, yeah. Uh, so this photo was taken at the library of Combermere Abbey in Cheshire, England. So you can see in the photo, there's a chair Ooh. in the foreground, and sitting at the like left side of the picture, there's a faint outline of a man's head, shoulder, and right arm. Yeah, it looks like someone took a photo of a man standing and then superimposed it over the chair. Sorry, I'm just... I'm, I'm apparently in that kind of mood today. It's very creepy. <laughs> so Lord Combermere himself had died in a riding accident just days before the photo was taken. Did you he say was riding or writing? Riding. Okay. Sorry. I, I should eat don't know how the other one would work. Well, you know, sometimes when you're writing and you accidentally fall in your pen. I was going to say tripped and fell on a fountain pen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was, in fact, being buried at the time this picture was taken. Uh, so this was taken, like we mentioned earlier, this was at a time when photo- photographic exposure could take, like, over an hour. Yeah. Uh, so it's been suggested that what this is is that at some point during the photograph, a servant walked into the room and sat in the chair and then left again. 
And that's why there's like kind of a hint of a figure, but not a lot. I don't know what's creepier, the ghost or the fact that someone might have walked in, sat down, didn't do anything else because you would have seen like the vapor trails in the picture, stood up and and left. It may have been on purpose is the impression I got. Oh, just to fuck with it? Yeah. Okay. Um, I would say most household staff did claim to be at the funeral when uh, Corbett took the photograph. And, you know, as we know, people never, ever lie. Never. Never. Not once. Ever. I personally have never done a lie. I kind of want, like, a a dare situation where it's, like, lies. Not even once. (laughs) Never lie once in your life or you'll just... You'll you'll, explode. You'll explode. Mm -hmm. Your brain will become a fried egg, I'm pretty sure, and you'll explode. Uh, so the brown lady is our next one. This is one I I would consider this one of the more famous of oh, like yeah, I, ever. I feel like everybody has seen this at some I point. I am familiar with this one. This it's, was in a lifestyle magazine, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. So basically, it's a staircase, and there's like a mist, kind of vaguely in the shape of a human, coming down the staircase. Again, go to Instagram. Uh, but this photo was taken in 1936 by two photographers from the magazine Country Life, which. Sounds like a rollicking good read. Uh, They have ghosts. (laughs) And it was later known as the Brown Lady of Raynham Hall. Which is weird, because she's definitely white. (laughs) Yeah, she's not in at all. It must have have something to do with the original legend. If I'm I'm not mistaken, because I have heard of this, the Brown Lady is called the Brown Lady because the apparition was uh, said to appear in a brown dress. So there was a pre-existing ghost story associated with that. Yes. location and they thought that they captured her so yeah there you go. um so that was lady dorothy townsend apparently in the like i said she died back in like 1726 and people there were already rumors that she haunted this place that is a good name dorothy townsend sounds like a <laughs> reject bridgerton character uh so as the story goes the photographer captain hubert provand oh, also uh, a good name <laughs> Was just about to snap a photo of the home's main staircase when his assistant, Indra Shira, witnessed a vapory form gradually assuming the appearance of a woman. That's a quote from him. Uh, it actually, his assistant was just blowing a sick vape cloud. I'm sorry. I hate you. I know. <laughs> uh, vape life. Okay. <laughs> Hashtag vape life. So, Provan managed to snap a photo, uh, and the resulting image was published in their magazine. Uh, the image was examined again by Harry Price, who, for some reason, much more credulous this time, declared that the photograph had not been tampered with and that he had no reason to disbelieve the photographer's story. His reasoning his, re- his reasoning being only collusion between the two men would account for the ghost. Well, and that's obviously that's never, never happened. happened. <laughs> This is why, like, this is why, like, he wasn't totally wet blanket because he clearly, like, was totally, he totally bought into this for no apparent reason. In my heart, I want to think that he looked at the picture and, like, couldn't find any, like, actual physical evidence. But also, it's just, like, stop trusting people. Uh, Not everybody was convinced. The Society for Psychical Research, after taking a closer look, believed that the Misty Form had been nothing more than, like, a shaking camera. I think exposure at this point was, like, six seconds and... Yeah. You kind of nudge it and... Uh, the What was that? The something for cyclical research? Society for Cyclical Society, Research. Yeah. Um, they took things very seriously. Yes. It was ghosts in its driest form. It was ghosts, but with science. Yeah. Uh, so this 
Our next photograph is the specter of Newbie Church, otherwise known as the Newbie Monk, and it was a photo taken in 1963 by Reverend Kenneth F. Lord of the church at Newbie Hall in North Yorkshire, England. I deeply hate this photo. It is very creepy. (laughs) The figure is seen standing on the altar. It resembles a 16th century monk with a robe and like a white shroud covering his face. He's... People supposedly have analyzed this and says he say that the figure would have to be ten or nine feet tall or something like that. That's if it worse. Was standing there, uh, it looks like the from the the that painting, the scream. Yeah, very much in, so. In a robe, uh, so like a cross between the scream and ghost face from from scream. It is. This is like. This is why I love this photo so much, because it is both, A, legitimately spooky, and two, so laughably fake. <laughs> I'm just picturing that, but nine feet tall, and it's horrifying. Yeah. I don't like it. No, like, I you. wouldn't want to see this in person. It, no. Even, like, the photograph is creepy, but, like, it also is clearly just a double exposure. <laughs> like, you well, had yes. a friend, like, stand on a box. I like it. So- it just tries so hard. I have nothing else to say about this other than, like, it's, it's just a good photograph, and I wanted to make you look at it. The Tom Cruise of ghost photography. Like, you appreciate what they're doing, but they're also trying so hard. Our next photograph is the uh, Tulip Staircase Ghost. So this one was taken in 1966, uh, and it was by a retired Canadian reverend. Again, a reverend. Where the uh, fuck is the ghost? Bottom right corner. It's very oh. subtle. Oh, oof. Uh, I don't like that either. (laughs) He and his wife visited the Queen's House, which is a museum in Greenwich, London. Uh, The reverend's wife snapped a photo of the house's famous spiral staircase. Uh, This this was known, or this is known as the Tulip Stairs, and they are famous for being A, quite lovely, and B, the first self-supporting spiral staircase in Britain. No, no, no. no, Sorry. Hold on. There's a set of stairs that are well known because they look nice. It was the first self-supporting staircase, spiral staircase in Britain, Emily. I don't know what else to tell you. All right. All right. I just, I I don't think I've ever seen a staircase other than the one from Titanic and been like, damn. I mean, it it is kind of a nice staircase. I've seen pictures. Um, So it was only once they returned back to Canada and developed the photograph that uh, she realized she had captured the image of a mysterious cloaked figure leaning across the railing. This is honestly, it's, I find it very haunting and weirdly beautiful. I like this one a lot. Uh, Supposedly, it's been examined by numerous experts, including folks at Kodak, all of which have concluded that the negative was not tampered with. I say supposedly only because it's the internet and people can write whatever they want. So who the fuck knows if Kodak ever actually looked at it? But yeah, so the Queen's House, like many buildings in England, is very old. It's over 400 years. It did have a reputation for being haunted. At the time the photograph was snapped. Uh, so I many think most buildings in England have at least two ghosts. I just assume all of England is haunted. Yeah. Yeah, they've had enough time for it. Uh, so many believe the photograph captured the ghost of a maid who had been uh, thrown from the top of a staircase in the 18th century. <sighs> Poor maids. Yeah. Okay. This is the one I hate the most. Mm. Emily, we're going to talk about the Amityville ghost. Okay. All right. I legitimately hate this one like hate it in terms of why is it popular or hate it in terms of um it's 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 creepy hate it and it legitimately like gives me the willies well i i have some good news for you i mean and that's the thing like i know it's fake i still get the jelly the willies 
Uh, actually, I prefer the Jillies. It's it's more of a female <laughs> based creepy. Uh, yeah, so this un- incredibly unsettling photogra- photograph of a young boy with white eyes uh, was taken by our good friends, Ed and Lorraine Warren, during a 1976 investigation of the house. I absolutely hate it. <laughs> I thought it was taken by uh, just someone in uh, like a team who went to inspect the house. Um, I think it gets credited to Ed and Lorraine. They're at least the one. I don't know if they like snapped the photographs themselves. It was part of their investigation because then they went like on TV and showed everybody. So... And uh, please don't at me. Uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren, while very interesting people, had a tendency to show up somewhere for 15 minutes, make big statements, and then um, take all the credit for that investigation, like they did with the Einfield haunting. Yep. Um, think- also the case with Amityville. Yeah, I was saying, I, if I remember, their whole involvement with Amityville was more about working with Ronnie DeFeo's defense attorneys to, like, come up with this I was possessed by a demon defense that he used. They showed up for an afternoon and did a seance, and then Lorraine said it was the closest to hell that she's ever been, and and all of that. Um, For reference, see the first five (laughs) to ten minutes of um, The Conjuring Conjuring 2. Emily, can you give us, like, just a brief rundown of what Amityville was for anyone who, for some reason, is not already familiar? Yes. Um, I I will do a full episode on, like, everything involved with it later, because there's a lot of ins and outs. It's a whole, it's a whole fucking thing. It's a whole ass thing. (laughs) So, in the early 70s, I think, don't quote me on that. Uh, a guy named uh, Ronald DeFeo Jr., uh, he was about 20, he lost his mind for some reason and murdered his entire family. His parents, his two brothers, and his one or two sisters. So he got caught pretty quickly for that. It was gross. It was a terrible thing. Uh, and then about a year later, a family called the Lutzes, um, which was... Kelly, Kelly, George, and uh, their two kids, three kids, uh, bought the house for very cheap because of the murder. And they moved in and they were there for approximately one month before they fled the house in the middle of the night, claiming that it was crazy haunted. Um, They were experiencing a lot of, like, demonic things, like flies and, like, green slime, and Kathy kept smelling a woman's perfume when she was in the kitchen, and George, I don't think her name was Kelly. Whatever. Kathy? Kathy! There we go. Kathy Lutz. It took me Um, a bit, but yeah, you were close. (laughs) And George was starting to experience things like a change in mood, he was always cold, Uh, he was very, very irritable, and got, like, pretty scary. Um, It came out later that they might have had some minor paranormal experiences, but it was, for the most part, fabricated with their, I think, their attorney in order to write and sell a book about it. So, long story short, Amityville House, probably a little haunted because there was some, like, hugely traumatic stuff there. Definitely not as haunted as uh, the Lutzes say it was. However, the uh, 70s um, Amityville haunting movie and the one with Ryan Reynolds, very good. Just no. not not accurate. Not real. At all. <laughs> yeah, real. I was going to say, if I've 
At least what from what I've heard, like nobody who's lived in the house since has ever reported any other. No, paranormal. and they claim stuff like doors were knocked off their hinges, and there was like damage and stuff. But the people who moved in had it checked, and it was like all the original fixtures. Yeah. Um. So they were definitely lying. Um. Whether or not it was inspired by like something that actually happened, maybe because like I think six or seven people died in that fucking house. Like yeah. clearly. It was not a, there, I mean, yeah, I said, like, I don't really believe in ghosts, but I do believe, like, that pre- place probably had some bad energy. Like, oh, definitely. it's just not. There wasn't a demonic pig named Jody. It was yeah. probably just a really <laughs> fat cat that liked to hang out around the house. Uh, yeah. So many believe that this photo, thank you also, bye, uh, for that very good summary that I Stuff that I have done. to carry around in my head. Uh, so many people believe the photo depicts John DeFeo which is one of the boys who was murdered. Um, while others believe it may, might just be a member of the Warren's investigative team. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Um, the white eyes, which to be fair, legitimately the worst thing about this photograph, mm-hmm. probably just due to the fact that they were using infrared lights. Um, yes. So one of the members of the team, I can't remember his name. He was like Paul a paranormal. something. Yes. Uh, he said that it could have been him. He also said it could have been his nephew, who was also on the investigation team. They both wore glasses. So the white eyes could be a reflection from the glasses. Because people wore tiny little glasses back in the day. <laughs> yeah. So this, like, this one, like, so many of the photographs that we've talked about, like, are a lot of them are really dependent on taking the photographer's word for it when they claim, like, oh, no, no one was there. I never saw anything. Uh, and because it's the Warrens, I'm even more dubious about this than I would normally be. Yeah, I mean, I fucking love the Conjuring movies. I love Patrick Wilson. Uh, I love the Warrens, the Warrens as, like, fictional, fictional, fictional characters. Yeah, and, like, the... I even kind of love, like, the mystique they've built around themselves or, like, their kind of brand, but I... Yeah. I, I mean, I definitely think they did some good in terms of, like, making people feel better by telling them their house wasn't actually haunted, because mm-hmm. they did debunk some stuff. But then they pulled shit like this, where they gave credence to uh, family people who were just lying for money. And sure, the Jay Anson book is good, <laughs> but I don't know if it's lying to millions of people. Good. Yeah, I was going to say, that doesn't mean, I mean, I get why you'd want to sell it as, like, a true story, because marketing, but... It'd be good as a fictional story. Yeah, That's the thing. <laughs> I've read the book a couple times. It's good. <laughs> like, I enjoy it as a story. It's just not true. Unfortunately, well, fortunately, unfortunately, let's I, move it on. It depends. Uh, so our next photograph is called The Girl in the Fire. Oh, no. I think, <laughs> is that from the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo series? No. Not everything with girl in the title is related to that series, Emily. Are you sure? I'm like 50% sure. Which is, I get it, a coin toss. <laughs> so, when the Wemp Town Hall in Tropshire, England, burned to the ground in 1995, an amateur photographer, always amateur photographers, uh, named Tony O'Reilly. Professional photographers aren't fucking around with this kind of thing. They're in studios doing ad campaigns. <laughs> there you go. They don't have time because they have real jobs. They have clients. <laughs> uh, so, this guy named Tony, he captured an image of a young girl standing amidst the flames, like right kind of by the door. Uh, locals mm-hmm. immediately believed that the girl was the ghost of Jane Churn, who was a young girl who had been accused of starting a fire in the same town in 1677. And how they were able to just pull this name out of thin air, like, I don't know, it feels like the entire town had a grudge against this little girl 
for 400 years. I mean, that sounds like small town. Yeah. It's like you you never forget the little girl that set your town on fire. <laughs> it's like a paranorman. I don't know if you've seen it, but I have not. The the town did in fact hold a grudge against a small girl who was accused of being a witch for several hundred years. <laughs> Turns out she didn't do shit. Uh, I don't like this girl. <laughs> no, she she looks kind of mean. She started uh, a fire for sure. She definitely started it. Uh, so I'm going to just call him Tony because I can't pronounce his last name. Uh, he claimed that he had not seen the girl standing there when he had snapped the picture. Uh, mm-hmm. She had only appeared when he developed it. And, of course, other witnesses who were just standing around watching this building burn uh, said about the same thing. They, no one ever saw any little girl in the building. Uh, the ph- the photograph was examined by the Association for the Scientific Study of Anomalous Phenomena, which feels like the Society for Psychical Research, except with the worst name. Yeah. <laughs> and also the Royal Ph- Photographic Society. Uh, the latter concluded the image appeared to be genuine, but like only in the sense that it hadn't been doctored. That there, they what they believed was that like it was some combination of like smoke and light and like pareidolia that. Made people don't, look at the girls. I don't. And like, I. Mm. You're not wrong to be skeptical of that because you, you'll go to Instagram, look at the photo. It looks very real. Um, here's the thing. <laughs> in 2010, a resident in the town noticed an uncanny similarity between the girl in the photograph and the image of a girl printed on a postcard that appeared in a local paper, which is the image on the right, by the way. I figured. Uh, so the original photo taken in 1922 shows a young girl who is all but identical to the ghost yeah. in the Wem Town Hall photograph. It's the same girl. She's wearing the same weird hat, the same dress, the same expression. Like it, he, you, and he, I think the photographer was like dead by the time this came out, but how convenient. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a uh, fairly convincing that he had probably just doctored her into the photograph somehow. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how, but I'm also not a, photography expert yeah magic i guess um our last photograph is the boot hill ghost and it is one of my favorite ghost photographs if only because it's clearly it's clearly just a guy there's a guy sitting there they dressed him up as a cowboy and they took pictures of him yeah that's a dude uh so well see you see the guy in the front right with the gun yes do you see the guy standing behind him yes i do okay it's just making it's just a dude it's just a dude Uh, so in 1996 Terry I. Clanton, who is an actor and a so-called cowboy poet. Uh, That's a real job. Maybe not in 1996, but... Well, his real job is running the website ToonstoneArizona.com. Oh, man, uh, he, he sounds fun. <laughs> so he took this photo of his friend in full historical cowboy garb, as you do, in Arizona's Boot Hill Graveyard. I don't know if I'd call it historically accurate. It does look like he's wearing a Columbia fleece jacket. Basically, yeah. So just over his shoulder, you can see a figure and a black hat rising out of the brush. He is either legless or he is kneeling, and I am very much willing to believe it's the latter. I don't think, yeah, I don't think he got his legless friend and (laughs) stuck him in the brush. It's like, look creepy, Larry. Um, Others have suggested it's half a mannequin, which actually sounds way more believable to me than cowboy ghost. Either way. I really like it, though. I, I feel it plays very much like the woman in black where the ghost is sort of just chilling in the background of a shot. Yeah, so very, no, that's my favorite kind of thing. Um, and the photo is the opposite of scary because it's a grown man dressed as a cowboy. <laughs> that mustache looks fake, too. Yeah. Uh, so Clanton says he attempted to recreate the photograph with a person in the background. He just he just couldn't make it work, Emily. 
and I totally believe him. Um, I very much enjoy the the show. It's I don't think it's still on, but Paranormal Factor Faked. Oh yeah, I think I was on Netflix for a while. Yeah, that's where I watched all of it. Um, I think I stayed up till three a.m. one day, just like mainlining it. I'm not proud of it, but yeah, they would go to a place where like a ghost photo was taken, and then like try eight or nine things and most of the time they were like yeah we pretty much got it yeah i need to see if that's on discovery plus i would bet it's somewhere it's got that that cute guy that does a lot of travel stuff josh gates i think his name is that might be the one that had the ex uh cia whatever i don't remember any of the people on that show other than i just watched it one week like 10 (laughs) years ago it was good, though. It's a good show. I used to be very into, like, ghost adventures and, and whatnot. I am currently just really, like, Ghost Hunters International. That, you've, you've said this before, and isn't, they seem just a little less uh, annoying. They're very, very skeptical, and they very rarely yell at the ghost. <laughs> a good start. Well, yeah, and plus with uh, International, you get to look at, like, old castles and stuff instead of just, like... Nancy from Iowa's living room. Yeah, that sounds way better. It is. At least you get, like, the travel aspect to it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that people have fun accents, even when they're saying, like, insane, like, not-at-all-true shit. You're like, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Sure, I guess. Well, we'll post those photos on Instagram, so go check them out. Uh, tell us if you think uh, they're real or not. They aren't. I <sighs> I said the only one I... I don't have an ex or wasn't able. I mean, I didn't. I finished this episode literally, and then we jumped on to record. I did not put a lot of effort into this. Full disclosure to our listeners. Uh, um, but that was like the one I wasn't able to find like a good explanation for. It was probably some sort of trick of the cam. Like cameras do weird shit sometimes. Uh, which one? Uh, the tulip one, the staircase one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that could have been a number of things. It could have been dust particles being knocked up by people walking around. It could have been a fingerprint on the camera lens and the bad lighting. It could have been, Uh, like, someone walking down the stairs and they said, oh, there was no one there, but they just are remembering wrong. Yeah, pictures are weird. Um, Yeah. Dust and bugs account for a lot of it. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was seeing a lot of, like, we won't even, we won't get into orbs because I don't want to yell about orbs. But, um... Like, Wikipedia was listing off just all the ways you can get weird stuff in your photographs, and it's, like, something reflected off the camera strap, and so there's a weird line across your photograph, like... Well, that's a a big thing with ghost hunting shows. Mm -hmm. Like, they can identify, like, what patterns, like, a bug would move in as opposed to an orb, because, like, an orb isn't gonna, like, float gently across and then just, like, plummet down, like, that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I think my favorite kind of faked ghost thing is uh, ectoplasm pictures which is just wads of wet cheesecloth and fishing line i looked into like putting something like that into this episode too because i also find that that like the cool the photos are really cool like just go look them up yeah but it really it it just didn't fit into like the mumbler stuff but oh yeah it's just it's just wet cheesecloth like people used it to during the time of spiritual spiritualism it was very easy to fake Mm mm-hmm Sorry. They're cool looking photos, though. <laughs> They're very cool. They're very creepy. Um, because photography back then made everything look at least 15% creepier. Any old photograph looks just unsettling. I like those photos you can get done at the fair where they dress you up in <laughs> yeah. old-timey stuff. Old-timey, yeah. wild, usually Wild West. Oh, definitely. Um, I have a picture of my brother 
uh, at like age five dressed up like that. Delightful. Yeah, I never got to do that. Like I wanted to, but the only one I have is a picture from when I was about four in Las Vegas. Uh, my sister and I got our pictures taken, and then our heads were superimposed on swimsuit models, which is very strange. That's weird thing to do. I think to my dad girls. still has it. I know. I was four. My sister was. She would have been fifteen. Anyway, the nineties were wild. Yep. Let's never go back. I would just for the sake of fun dip and tamagotchis. I mean, you can get yourself a tamagotchi. And also, they're very expensive, Sarah. <laughs> um, and also, ease of access to Dunkaroos and those uh, the drinks with the like the bubbles in them. The I know orbits. what you're ta- orbits. Yep. Yeah. Maybe some Sobe life, life water. I miss the '90s junk food. I think. Surely you can get a lot of this on Amazon. Uh, I've tried to get Orbits before, and clearly Canadian. <laughs> 3D Doritos, that kind of shit. You know, all the good stuff. They are, because um, Rice Krispie Treat cereal has been discontinued for a while, and it is uh, God's <sighs> gift. to so good. But I found out Lucky Charms is doing a marshmallow treat cereal. Ah. <sighs> Don't tell me this. I don't need to know this. I haven't seen it yet, but uh, I have heard. I have heard word. My boss just, like, mentioned Reese's Puff cereal on a call, and now it's all I can think about. I mean, they do still make that. I know, but it's just like, I'm just thinking about how good it is. I'm not allowed to buy it because I will eat the entire box in two days. I, I've somehow managed to have a box of Lucky Charms for, like, two weeks now. That is impressive. Anyway, this has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> we got way uh, off track. If you have uh, pictures of a ghost that you would like us to debunk, <laughs> um, you can send that to us on Instagram at Afternoonified, Twitter at Afternoonified, uh, getafternoonified.com. Um, and there you can donate and look at old stuff and email us and buy merch. And then uh, remember to write, write? Remember to like, subscribe. Rate, review, all of those buttons that you can click on iTunes. All the nice buttons. Yeah, and I guess uh, take more pictures of ghosts. Yeah, it's fun. Just have a camera set up in your bedroom, continuously taking pictures whenever it senses movement in the night. Like, No, that won't freak you out at all. No, I can't even have one of those apps that like records when it hears something in the night because oh, I'm yeah, too no. afraid. I will not because I'm not tempting fate. Nope. Plus, I have cats, so... Yeah, that too. All All right. right. Well, goodbye, everybody. We love you. Bye. Do you love The Bachelor franchise? Ah, the romance, the adventure, the drama. But do you also kind of hate The Bachelor franchise? Oh, yeah. The sexism, the racism, the intense heteronormativity of it all. Here at Date Card, we're just two obsessed queerdos who love to dissect, talk shit, and get blocked by problematic contestants. Yeah, we're here for the good, the bad, and the chad of it all. You can find us on Soblo Media, iTunes, and Spotify. Please accept this rose! For more podcasts like the one you just listened to, go to SobeloMedia.com. This, this is as above, so below.